Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, plus there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It is a do the right thing reunion and G definitely stands for gentrification. She's got to have it. Episode seven and eight. We will be reviewing. Make sure you stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz time no see. Hi, how are you? I am your girl, Nakia Monet, and this is the She's Gotta Have It Season 2 After Show. And I cannot do this by myself. That's right, I have some beautiful co-hosts with me. Ladies. Hey guys, <laughs> it's Mina here, and it's your girl, <laughs> Drew Jones. Yes, hi ladies, long time no see. We literally seen each other yesterday because this is a Netflix show, and the show is already out. We are trying to get these reviews out as fast as possible, so we are catching up. So right now, we're going to be talking about episodes 7 and 8, which means we only have one more episode left, which wow. is wild. And we'll talk about that in predictions. Um, we do have a segment for you guys, F. Mary Kill. We say this every time, and we don't get to it. <laughs> so hopefully this time, we will get to it. And then Mina's going to be breaking down some of our top three moments from these two episodes. Ladies, what are your overall thoughts on episodes 7 and 8? Yeah, um, I don't know why every time I watch it, it's usually one episode that sticks out more than the other, and this time it was the second one that stuck out a little bit more, even though a lot of great things did happen in in part one, um, with Mars figuring out who his biological dad was, and just seeing his relationship with his mom, and why he's a mama's boy, and like how he's (laughs) like kind of soft and babied, and we kind of got that before, like why he's such like a loving person, um... But yeah, no, I liked it. I, I liked both. I got a little teary-eyed, um, especially when the themes of, like, gentrification were being brought up again, and I was just like, wow, like, some people really don't get it, and it's, it's like, until it happens to you, like, not everyone in the world is woke where they're going to understand what gentrification is, or even when that white lady, the neighbor, who, like, you know, she didn't realize the ramifications of her like calling like calling about Popo being on the stoop she's like oh i thought you'd get a warning and like she doesn't understand oh no he's not white he's not going to get a warning like <laughs> right. you know like just the injustice of it all i feel like these two episodes resonated with me so much because it was very painful yeah. to watch the reality yeah, what about you, Drew? How do you overall thoughts on both episodes? Um, I really, really enjoyed both these episodes. I loved getting to see Puerto Rico despite everything that's happened with Puerto Rico. I love still how Spike Lee was able to capture the beauty and the culture of it all. And um, it was really enjoyable to watch. It made me miss Jamaica yeah. a lot. Um, but, and then the second episode, there's a lot of things that, you know, you kind of had to unpackage and like review and stuff and I just thought it was a really powerful two episodes yes great overall thoughts ladies uh everything retweet everything that you guys said because <laughs> I feel the same way so we'll hop into episode seven which is oh you don't know and you don't know been waiting to say that <laughs> and when I seen the name I was like yes I've been waiting since Mason camera said it in their song okay. and you don't know so this episode is literally a love letter to Puerto Rico. Shout out to you, Spike Lee. Um, as we know, Puerto Rico, they suffered from a devastating hurricane last year. And, you know, De- Puerto Rico being a part of the United States of America, 
our country did absolutely nothing. And I don't want to... The Puerto Ricans and everyone else who wanted to be a part of it because Jay-Z and Fat Joe took planes there and there were celebrities and people who did things, but a country as a whole and our government mm-hmm. did absolutely nothing. Not and our man Spike Lee made sure he was going to put that in the Je Don't Know episode. Yeah. Okay. So here we get Puerto Rico on its whole and we see the culture of Puerto Rico. We see the people. And I feel like Spike got real people. I don't think any of these people were actors. Mm-hmm. We got the food, the traditions, the beauty, the music. We got Christopher Columbus history. What were your thoughts on the Puerto Rico segment? Mars's monologue about Christopher Columbus was literally like in my mind one of the greatest monologues I think I've seen in television history. Amazing. Like it was just so spot on and I was getting so hyped while I was watching it and I was like, yeah, F Christopher Columbus. Like <laughs> I was just like I was like ready to go square up on like this like dead man. <laughs> but I loved it and I loved um I love that even though, like I said, there's so much that's happened with Puerto Rico, I love that they showed the spirit of the people because all the Puerto Ricans I know are lit as hell and and there's such a resilience there and I love that despite everything, it was able to be captured. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah, oh my god. I felt the fire inside me as well, especially when Mars was talking about how, like, you know, you stumbled upon this place and you were lost at sea and this happened and... You know, someone extends their hand out to you, and instead of being grateful that they didn't mm-hmm. kill your ass, like, literally, <laughs> like, like, just, like, I was just, like, wow, like, it really, really resonated with me, because it's, like, you know, for years and years and years, we're being taught history in schools, you know, the Eurocentric view of history and colonialism, we're taught Christopher Columbus discovered America, mm-hmm. and it's, like, how did someone discover a place where people were already living? Already like, the, the, the very term discover, you can't discover a place that people are already inhabiting. Already thousands of this years before here. he showed up. Yeah, so it's yeah. just, it's crazy that, like, now the world is catching yeah. on. Like, why are we teaching this in our schools? Why is there still a statue of Christopher Columbus in New York? Like, what is going on? Like, there needs to be progress, and it's like... Well, I can understand how a Christopher Columbus statue is still in New York when we still have the KKK. Like, it's not it's not crazy for me to be, like, so shocked and horrified at a Christopher Columbus statue, like, being there when we have way worse direct threats to, it's, like, the very It's something else, and that's here. why I think creatives like Spike showing that and putting a spotlight on it and letting us know, like, these things still exist. For me, it's really touchy because my godmother's Puerto Rican, so my extended family, um, they're Puerto Rican, so <laughs> to see all that, and I've been to Puerto Rico, and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and the culture, and the food, and the people, and growing up in Brooklyn, like, I grew, I'm black American, but I grew up with Puerto Ricans, and um, Jamaicans, and Trinidadians, and, you know, it just gave me a good vibe, and I thought it was also cool that we got to see the different organizations that, Mm -hmm. and I I really want to look more into this, that they were donating money to, like Carmelo Anthony's basketball um, park that he redid, and then the kids that were painting, and the women's center they were donating pads. Like I thought that was really, really beautiful, and it, it really touched my heart, but if you guys notice, Spike also sprinkled in the video of the man that sits in the White House. Trumpito. Trumpito. As throwing calls it. Paper towels <laughs> at the Puerto Rican people instead of helping. So I I really, because, you know, we've been speaking about this since episode one about yeah. Puerto Rico. And I had a feeling Spike was going to do this. And I'm really grateful that he was able to do this in the shine light for the Puerto Rican people. I also really love the addressing of Afro-Latinos. And because yes. <laughs> um, I thought that was really special just because a lot of time with Latin representation, Afro-Latinos are erased. 
And which is weird because, I mean, as we hear the history behind Puerto Rico, you know, a, a vast majority of them have ancestry in Africa. There are a lot of Afro-Latinos. Um, and so I, I just really appreciate seeing all these skin tones. Beautiful. Um, because that's realistic and that's really what, you know, Puerto Ricans look like. And, and not all Puerto Ricans look like Gina Rodriguez, you know? And so... Um, I, I was just really, I don't know, I just was really hyped about that. I, I was yeah, really proud to have that Yeah, it show. was amazing, because you know Spike always gives us a history lesson, and he gave us the Christopher Columbus history lesson. He gave us where the slaves were brought over to Puerto Rico. You see the art, you see the it, I'm like, I'm ready to go back to Puerto Rico. Right. I went like for my 23rd birthday last year. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, last year? <laughs> That's what I did, and it was a good time, Drew. Thank you. No. <laughs> um, another thing that Spike did um, when we get the prayer from Mars, which was really touching and beautiful, and he shined light on the young junior, Lissandro Gu- Guzman Feliz, who was murdered in the Bronx uh, last year. And I love that. How I just I love Spike Lee. Um, yeah. There's no secret. I love him. And I love that we got that. But we also got Mars's mother, Miss Rosie Perez. I can't. Now... You know, if you're a Spike Lee fan, mm-hmm. you probably watched Do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. So when you see Rosie Perez come from around that corner, the first thing in your mind is, okay, is this a Tina and Mookie reunion? Right. And then when Nola calls her <laughs> Tina, I'm like, okay, Tina and, Mar- um, Tina and Mookie had a baby and Do the Right Thing, a son. So what were you feels? How did you feel about seeing Rosie Perez? I know Mimi said you didn't do- see you Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. and so we tried to like break it down for you a little bit, but... If you are a fan of Rosie Perez, how did you guys feel? And were you guys connecting? Well, Vajru, were you connecting the dots as well? And Mina, will you now go watch Do the Right Thing after? Oh, I definitely (laughs) will watch Do the Right Thing. It's something that's been brought up time and time again in even my film classes. And I'm like, wow, how have I not seen this yet? A lot of people have. So, yeah. No, I definitely want to see it. Especially, like, now that I've, I've had a taste of, like... Um, of Spike Lee and and I get his directing style. I feel like it would be really interesting to see kind of where it all began yeah. and you know she's got like watching these she's the original she's got to have it and do the right thing and just kind of see like how things have progressed since then for him. So yeah, I definitely want to see it. And with Rosie Perez, I've seen her. She was in a show called Rise on CBS. Yes. Got canceled after the first season, oh. but she was really good in that too. So yeah, no, I I, love I was excited Rosie to see her. Perez. And she looks like Mars looks like he would actually be yes. her son. Like the, it was like such an uncanny resemblance. Where I was like, this was perfect casting. Love this Rosie was Perez. Really, the, they were like the chemistry, the mother son chemistry was great. I was like, this really works. This is very <laughs> believable. Yeah, yeah. It, it was awesome. And you know, Spike recycles a lot of his old actors. Mm-hmm. So you'll see actors from, like, the original She's Gotta Have It or Do the Right Thing, and then they'll be in something in 2019. Like, I mean, him and Samuel L. Jackson have worked together since the beginning of time. And Denzel Washington. So I love that he recycles his actors. So I loved seeing Rosie Perez. What about you, Drew? I'm such a huge Rosie Perez fan um, back when she was on Soul Train. And, like, she's just been through so many things. Pineapple Express. Like, the list goes on and on. She's, She's such a New York, like badass like she's the goat she's an icon she really is and um she it's just so cool that how effortlessly he was able i love when directors or um creators can somehow incorporate their works into being in the same universe 
uh, without making it forceful. Like, um, M. Night Shyamalan is really great at, like, incorporating all of his movies to where they exist in the same universe. And I thought this was such a cool way to kind of bring the two movies together without it feeling forceful because it felt very natural and it made sense to the story. Yeah, I was literally watching it like, wait a minute! I was like, what? Oh, okay, Spike! Oh, Tina Mookie! And then when she finally has a conversation, she's like, your real father's Mookie. I'm like... Spike, I see what you did there. So now I'm going to go home and actually watch Do the Right yeah, Thing just to see it. And Because, you know, Rosie Perez and Spike's chemistry was so great. Mm-hmm. And I also love, like I was saying to you guys, I was like, they played a couple in Do the Right Thing, but Spike plays the original Mars and she's got to have it. So shout out to you, Spike. I, I love that. Um, something else I love, there's a lot of shipping going on in Puerto Rico. We have Winnie and Shemeca. Uh. And do we have a Mars and Nola? Are you guys on band with these ships? Should they be ships? How are you feeling? Do you think that Mars and Nola were bonding? Do you think that Shemeca and Winnie should be a thing? I'm, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Shemeca and Winnie make a lot of sense. Like, now they do. I don't, I don't know why I wasn't sure before, but yeah, like, now they make a lot of sense to me, and it, just the relationship and chemistry was really endearing, like, how I feel like they're on each other's teams, and that's what you want in a relationship. You want someone who's going to be your number one teammate, and that's literally what it feels like. Someone who's going to protect her, someone she's loyal to as well, and it, and just, like, when he's kind of, like, scared of the dark, and she's like, let's go out, it's fine, like, this is great. I just thought that was so cute. Um, but also, with, with Mars and Nola, I definitely see a friendship. Like, I don't see the sexual attraction that's kind of required in a relationship for it to be long-lasting, but I definitely see, like, a lot of creative energy, a lot of love, a lot of selflessness, where he's like, you pursue your art, and she's so respectful, she's like, I'm so sorry if I led you on, and he's like, not at all, like, you have your own thing you're gonna do, and I think that's beautiful, because they're both so supportive of each other, but I definitely don't see it being a relationship. I see it being a very, very solid friendship in the sense that it's gonna be a lifetime friendship. Yeah, that's a good one to have. What about you, Drew? I I love Winnie and Shemeca. They're my favorite. <laughs> I like will die on that hill. They're everything to me, and I would be happy with a spinoff of just them. Yes. <laughs> um, but as far as the Mars and Nola thing, I think sometimes people come into your life and it's just not the right timing. And I very much think that he's everything she needs in a partner, and I think vice versa. They bring out the best in each other, and I just think it's just not good timing. But I I definitely think that there's a deep love there, and I. I like I personally would see them as like ending up together later on but it's just like she very much needs to go on this journey of like self-discovery and he needs to grow up a little bit yes. and it's not a bad thing that he has such like a childlike persona but he does need to figure out how to balance that with being responsible so they both have things they need to check off their list but I don't see that not being an issue for them to come around and like be together eventually. Yes, retweet everything these ladies said. I totally <laughs> agree. Um, and this was the first time I actually got like a little serious side from Mars. And I don't know if it's him being back home, speaking with his mom and him and Nola just having an adult conversation. Because Mars is super goofy so you don't really hear him at all <laughs> speak, really. Um, so I thought it was really cool. But Winnie and Shemeca are my favorites. <sighs> I love when Winnie tells her like, I see something extra in you that you don't even see yourself. Triggered! Woo! Why can't someone say that to me? So I love that, but I do agree. I think that, um, I I don't know if I can see them as a couple, but I do think he definitely has to grow up and she needs to find herself. Um, Something really cool that Spike did as well, because we are in Puerto Rico and we're talking about Puerto Rico and Africa. We learned about the Yorubo religion. Um, which I know a lot of people in Africa dabble in and so Puerto Rico and we learn about on show 
I don't want to say this wrong. Oshun and Oshun's daughter. Um, and the daughter of Oshun, which is, if you guys know, if you've seen the Beyonce video with the yellow dress, she's, I think she represents like beauty and love and grace. And when you see Beyonce walking with the bat, she's supposed to represent Oshun's daughter. Um, so I thought it was really cool to shine light on the religion that a lot of people in Puerto Rico practice. I thought that was really beautiful. And the whole episode to me was beautiful. Let's go on to episode eight. It was a good episode. Yes. Episode seven. Um, Episode eight is on the come up, the come down, and the come around. So, um, let me see. Sorry, y'all. So, at this episode, we talked about Mars growing up and getting his life together. So, we do find out that Mama Tina, a.k.a. Rosie Perez, finally puts the kids on the lease and they're back in their apartment. And mm-hmm. Mars has a really dope conversation with his sister where he's like, you know what? I need to grow up. I'm going to handle some things. I'm going to take the lead. So, how did you guys feel about that conversation? And do you believe Mars? I believe that he intends to do it. <laughs> uh, whether or not he will is another story. I think his heart is in the right place. His intentions are in the right place. But I also think it's really difficult to step up to the plate as the younger sibling when you've always had the dynamic that you're the one being taken care of. And it very much seems like between the two of them, she's the big sister. She has her ish together. Like she's very, like she seems very reliable. Like she has this persona where it's like, I'm so used to taking care of Mars. Oh, he's such a baby. Like, oh, like, I'm so used to, like, kind of cleaning up after his mess. And I, you feel that a little bit with their interaction, and you also feel the genuine love there. Like, you know, even though they're siblings, like, she seems, like, kind of like his keeper. Like, she yeah. sets him on the right track. So I think she's very skeptical. Like, okay, like, how many times have you said this? But I think he really is going to put in the effort and try. And I think things coming to light for him like oh the fact that he could have been a potential father like he it seemed like he almost got triggered again when his mom made a joke about that um about how he's pregnant or something um I feel like things are starting to like register with him now where he's like I am grown up I do have responsibilities I'm not just like gonna be like this starving artist who does this and this I'm gonna make it this is gonna happen for me and I think when he finally got that like shot in the limelight where he really shone I feel like for him it was like okay things are moving along so I I can't see him like getting more serious I just think when you're in a dynamic where someone's it's always been a certain way it's very hard to like break that dynamic and get the respect you deserve without showing like visible action yeah yeah, I thought it was also really cool to see him like doing food deliveries because to do the right thing, Mookie delivered pizzas. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Spike, I He's love you. tying it together. <laughs> I think, I think I've never thought that Mars was irresponsible. I think that Mars is the perfect representation of working your ass off in this economy, and it's still not being enough. The average American works over forty hours and at minimum wage. That's still not enough to survive and like have any type of like house over your or roof over your head and I think he kind of represents that because we've seen I've never we've never not seen Mars hustle it's just like if even if I mean most Americans even if you have a skilled craft you're still not making enough money but like with Mars he kind of represents the like millennial like people who don't really know what they want to do and are just trying to make ends meet so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where his struggle comes from not from a lack of him like not hustling because I think he hustles. Yeah, good stuff. Um, but before we go further, because we love you guys, we just want to show you love and send you a message. Drew has a message for you. Hey, after buzzers, we want to thank you guys so much for watching this show. Whether this is the first time you've seen our faces or not, either way, we appreciate it. But we want to continue to give you guys dope content. So if you want right now, like and subscribe to this channel and to a bunch of our other channels. I'm going to give you a second right now to like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, cool. You had enough time. If not, do it now one more time. Okay, you should have definitely liked and subscribed by now. We're also on Spotify and iTunes, so we do not discriminate against Android users, even though I don't like the green text bubble. But that's okay, because we have Spotify for you, so you can listen to us and our voices. Um, make sure to give us five stars. Leave us some comments. We love talking to you guys about the show. Let us know who you're rocking with. How do you feel about Mars and Noah? How do you feel about Winnie and Shemeca? Let us know. But for now, thank you guys so much for rocking with us and making us the ESPN of TV talk. Yes, that was awesome. Thank you, Jerome. <laughs> thank you. Ah, bitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> after 8 o'clock, I get a little nuts. <laughs> you guys can tell. If you watch any show that I'm on, and if it's late, I'm crazy <laughs> and delirious. Um, speaking of, I guess, not so delirious, Nola's campaign is finally out. It's in Brooklyn. It's all over the place. But it's not what Nola thought it was going to be. There's no color. It's black and white, and her name is splashed all over it. Miss Jamila has some explaining to do, and, you know, Nola feels like she didn't have her back, but then Jamila explains to her, like, look, sis, I, too, thought that I was in a bigger position, and I guess I wasn't. I wanted to fight for you, and... You got paid, and I'm sorry. So what did you guys think? Did you guys think that Jamila really was sorry and that she was put in this position where the people, you know, because she said she was the only black woman in the office, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she said that they only used her for show. Like, they used this one black woman to work with the other black woman to get her in. So what were your thoughts about the whole Jamila and um, Nola situation? It was super triggering just because I've been the Jamila of, like, productions. Me working in entertainment a lot of times you are the only uh, black person or person of color in the room. And a lot of times, um, you know, it you are put there for looks, you know, because the diversity is being called so much now that people don't want to necessarily change, but they want to have a face for it. And, and it hurt me for Jamila because I, I know what that's like and I know that feeling. And I was, I was kind of bummed with how Nola reacted to it because I feel like Nola should know what that feeling is and it's not like instead of coming towards you know your fellow sister like understand that she really did fight for you and it's kind of hard it's a hard situation to be in when you're the only person of color because you want to make the moves and you want to make the changes but you're also whether you want to or not representing an entire culture and group of people and so it's a really tough spot to be in yeah it's really tough I agree about you Mina yeah I think they both got played because you know Nola kept saying, oh, I'm the victim. I got played. Like, this wasn't my vision. Like, don't you know why it was so important for it to be black and white or whatever it was? And, um, like, the muted colors or the muted tones, whatever her vision was. And I get that. Like, you know, like, she's an artist. She has a specific vision. She doesn't want her vision to be taken and, like, changed by a bigger company and watered down. And she was promised something. She was promised we're not going to do anything without your consent, without your approval. And it's like, who gave this the green light? Like, usually when a campaign goes out, like, everything is, you know, established. Like, everything is agreed upon. And then it goes out. Like, you don't just have something go out without some sort of pre-approval. So for Nola to find out by seeing it, it's like... That is such a slap in the face, and it's kind of like, oh, like, I have no autonomy. This company just did whatever they wanted, and I didn't get, like, the final, like, I didn't give the final okay for it. So I get why she was pissed, because that's super unprofessional for her to not have that final okay, and for there to be, like, a common understanding, this is what's gonna go out. Like, at least say this is what's gonna go out, so she can say yes or no. Like, (coughs) there's, like, some sort of contractual obligation that, like, should allow that, but at the same time, like... Yeah, like, when when Jamila was saying, you know, 
I guess I was just kind of being used to be this face, uh, I was like, wow, that really sucks. Like, and that's so problematic. Like, you're going to get the one black girl that works in the office to kind of reason with your, you know, your fellow black girl. Like, what? Like, Mm -hmm. that's so manipulative, and it's just, like, nasty. At that point, it's not about representation. It's just like, oh, you do it. Like, she'll relate to you. And like, a oh, lot of you, companies you do, do that. Because yeah. I've I, gotten that as well. <laughs> like, oh, go, you talk to them. They'll, they'll get your language. <laughs> it sucks. So I, I think, um, sorry to cut you off. I'll let you finish yeah, no, your thought. No, no, no. But I, no, yeah. I, 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 I really related to that. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. Okay, because at first I was pissed. I was like, come on, Jamila. But then I'm also like, okay, no, let's stop being so anti. Just get this check. Pay your damn rent. Yeah. And let's keep it moving. But then when Jamila spoke, I was like, okay, girl, I feel you. Sorry to cut you off. No, and when she said that, when she's like, yeah, like, I didn't know either. Trust me, if I did, I wouldn't have let that happen. I thought, because she's like, you told, like, Nola was like, you told me that you had the final say of all of this. And she's like, I thought I did. And just that realization, like, where you're, you have, like, the impression that you're in control, but you're not. Like, how degrading and humiliating. And at the same time, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Fight back to a company when you also need to get a paycheck? You're also trying to come up in life? Like, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, and it's not like you betrayed Nola. It's like you didn't really have the control in the first place. And I guess from her perspective, she's like, honey, you're getting paid anyway. Like, why are you being so nitpicky? Like, be, like feel blessed. Yeah. You know, like, feel blessed. Like, you are, have an yeah. opportunity that people people would die for yeah. like now's not the time to be super nitpicky you know and yeah, I, I, guess think, I think they both the, were in these situations yeah. where you see where both of them are coming from you see that jamila you know that jamila had a job to do and she kind of got blindsided where she's like oh damn my bad and she not only did the company pick her to pull in nola they put her there so she can explain everything to nola mm. so she had to be like the face of the bad news bearer of the bad news yeah and in reality at least Nola got paid because Baby. because most of these companies <laughs> I, I have I'm fortunate to have so many friends who are creatives and artists and designers and whatnot and we've seen so many times where um, a homegirl of mine Khloe Kardashian's company ripped off a bunch of her designs and she she sued but that's pocket change to these millionaires and right. these big companies and whatnot so they were like cool sue us like whatever we're still making millions upon millions of dollars from your design. I mean, you think of the Fashion Novas, the Rainbows, the, all these, um, you know, fast fashion companies who just rip off, uh, especially young black creatives, and, and then they never see a dollar of their hard, you know, earned wages. Yeah. And it's just like... No, you guys are absolutely right. Like, Nola actually got a big check. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I think it's a lesson where she can learn to be like, you know what, now going forward, I might pick things a little differently but I'm like sis your campaign's all over Brooklyn it's beautiful and maybe now for your solo show you can do your own thing mm-hmm. um yeah and she was just focused I don't want my name attached to it don't yeah. take pictures of that and <laughs> like, it's like girl, you are so lucky girl enough stop being so anti um I get it but you got that check paid out rent for that lady kick you out of that brown sour cause it's expensive to live in New York City <laughs> as we all know um Bianca and Papo. Bianca and Papo have a moment. Bianca is the neighbor from season one who caused all the ruckus where she called the police on Papo and my man's had to do 18 months in jail, 18 months in jail for something he didn't do. And she calls him over and I think Bianca has a realization that no one in Fort Greene likes her. There's no friends. She talks to the one white girl that walks by and she's like, wait, literally no one likes me. Um, But her and Papo have a conversation where I think a lot of people want, it's like that gentrification thing where people come in and they do certain things and they don't realize 
their actions and the bad things that their actions can cause. Mm-hmm. And she apologizes for Popo for calling the police and she says, I thought they were just going to give you a warning. I thought that they were just going to do this and I'm sorry you, you know, they took 18 months away from me. What did you guys think about that exchange? And did you believe her? This argument really was infuriating for me. It, it really upset me because one, it's 2019 and and white people know the repercussions of calling the police and and, you know, all of these playing the victim and whatnot. And it's like, it's a little too late for that at this point. And just the, I don't know, the apology, it's like, oh, I I finally realized you're a human. Like, I finally realized that you were similar in the fact that we're both human beings. And and when he was telling a story of, like, when she was like, why did you choose my stoop? And he was like, it used to be mine. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I... It just bothered me, not because of anything he did, but it was just like all of these things have happened to this man. None of them that he put upon himself, all because of gentrification, all because of systematic oppression, all because of watch whiteness work. And it was just like, damn, cool, you're sorry was nice, I guess, but I'm still I'm still out here. You know, my life is still completely dismantled. I still have this on my record. And when she was like, and when he was like, you know, I have to go to work. Like, I, I work for the Department of Parks or whatever. And she was like, oh, silver lining. And it's like, no, bump your silver lining. Like, that, <laughs> it just made me mad because it yeah. was like, your your recklessness in your, um, in your lack of, of care for black and brown bodies, like, you... He was able to make this something beautiful because of his, like, his view and his choice and his, you know, willing to survive and to prosper. It had nothing to do with you. You did nothing for him. And, like, it's just so gross to me. Like, there still wasn't a, I feel like there was still a lack of understanding from her. And it just, like, I don't know, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Mina? Uh, I felt like I was getting super emotional. And even, like, listening to you say that, like, so eloquently and perfectly, like, summarizing what just happened, it was like, are are you kidding me? Like, that's like literally watching someone get beaten and torched and, like, like, watching someone get, like, punched in the face in front of you because you told someone to do it. And then you realize, oh, oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh, does that change anything? Yeah. Does sorry, like... Does sorry change the fact that everything is broken now and and he had to pick up the broken pieces? It doesn't fix anything. And the apology was so empty. It was it was so lacking in in like understanding and empathy. It wasn't true empathy. She still was so filled with ignorance and she tried to relate his struggle to her divorce by saying, "Oh, you know, I went through this terrible divorce and, you know, I got all this money left to me and I was like, why not buy a brownstone for 10 times the price that it was listed at because of gentrification?" Like she doesn't like really understand what she's done. And I'm not like necessarily saying like, "Oh, it's her fault that all these things have happened," but she's benefiting from a system that puts her at top and she doesn't recognize her white privilege. She doesn't, like, she doesn't have an understanding of that. And I think when you don't understand that and you think, like, you can compare oppression and be like, oh, I went to, I went through divorce and you went through this, it's like, it's not the same thing. You're not a black (laughs) man in America. You're a white woman who, yeah, you have, you know, struggles of your own and, like, I can empathize with, like, you getting a divorce. That sucks, but it's like, you're also, like fortunate enough to be in a certain socioeconomic status 
as a white woman have not just like white privilege but financial privilege and live in this like beautiful place and this guy is gonna go to jail for something he didn't even do like what like what is wrong with our society that is allowing this to happen and just perpetuating racism yeah it's literally retweet again everything you ladies said it was perfectly (laughs) said um and it's unfortunate and i love that he says like this was my i grew up here in this building um and that's what you know that's what all people want people to know because if you watch the news it's the gentrification in dc where the black people would gather dc and the metro pcs they played their music and someone tried to call the police and i love that everybody got together and was like you're not gonna come into our neighborhood and tell us what to do so we're gonna play it louder or new york city where i'm from we have bodegas those are the stores that are on the corner and every bodega has a cat everyone knows that and someone in brooklyn tried to call the animal control on the damn cat in the store and it's just like you can't come into people's neighborhoods no matter where it is and try to change and tell people what to do and I think that's why gentrification is so heartbreaking because then people who are from there in the culture they get displaced and they get their homes taken away from them just for someone to sit on her stoop and say oh well I'm so sorry I didn't realize it so I appreciate the apology but like you lady said it's one of those things where it's like do you even recognize bumpy apology. <laughs> yeah like do you even recognize the domino effect of what you did and you not understanding and accepting your white privilege. Yeah, because real quick, there are a lot of people that are never going to get to hear somebody's apology because of some BS phone call to the police. And that, and it, and that's where it really bothers me is the Mike Browns, the Trayvon Martins, the, um, the old boy who was walking into his own apartment and got shot because they thought he was getting he was breaking into his own apartment. Like I just think of all these instances of these people who were just doing human things, like who were just living their damn life and don't get to see another tomorrow because for some reason our blackness bothered you. And it's just like I don't know, man. That just I was like, bump your apology. This is just like <laughs> Spike. Spike is a great uh, director. Cut a check. He, he knows how to. He's such a great creative, I believe, because he knows how to put those things in. Because these things are real life. Yeah, we're getting things in the news. We're we're learning about more gentrification, and it's affecting a lot of people in these neighborhoods. Um, but something good that came not out of the Papa situation. Well, something good came out of Papa situation. Um, <laughs> shout out to Ryan, our producer. I'm sorry, I just looked up and seen the word. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, he got reunited with his daughter, which I think is beautiful. And I'm curious because I remember when Spike put up an ad and was like, we're filming season two or she's got to have it. And I think they were having auditions for people. I wonder if that young lady was also part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but our girl Shemeca is doing big tings because she has a new business called Ting and Tingle. Yes. It's her new hair care line. Um, and Nola hosts uh, like a little get together for her and the ladies in the building. And Chloe is there. And we realize that there's some tension between Chloe and Nola. And as two best friends and sometimes what friends have to do when they're doing business together, you either have to cut one off. Either you can't be friends <laughs> So you can't be business partners and both ladies expressed to each other how they felt they both loved each other but you know Nola had to break up with her best friend just for the business side of it what were your feels about um, their conversation and their relationship and did you guys see it coming and the tension between the ladies the tension was definitely very yeah. high between them and we've we've had the subtle drops the eye rolls and all that throughout the season um, and I thought it was a really beautiful conversation because it needed to be had and everything was laid out on the table um, but side note, I love that we got to see a black business supported with the Shemeca thing because there was no like, oh, girl, you my friend, just hook me up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like it was a unanimous support for her. And I thought that was really nice to see on TV. It was beautiful. Very, very beautiful. I want some tings mm-hmm. in my hair. What about you, Mina? <laughs> um, yeah, and I also love like the, the one white girl. 
who was at the meeting, and she's like, what is that? And I was What's like... What's the bobo? I was like, that would totally like, be me. We, like, like, we got you, Mina girl. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. But Explain then, to me, But please. then we would have your back and say, we got you, girl. <laughs> you I'm just, like, laughing. Um, but... Yeah, no, like, we all saw it coming, and I love what Nola said to to Chloe. Like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, because she's so freaking arrogant and <laughs> yes. condescending. Like, the way she says things is so rude. Like, you can, like, have an opinion, but she just says it with, like, you feel the judgment. It's, like, very, very apparent, like, how she feels. And she, I did feel like she was kind of being a hater. Like, oh, like, Shemekka's entrepreneurial spirit. It's like, can you not just support her and be happy for her? Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't have to be thriving and successful and happy in your life to be happy for someone else. You cannot be doing well in your life and still be happy for your friends. Like, exactly. I, I'm not always doing well, but, like, if I know someone who I really love, who I think is a beautiful person, is doing well, I'm going to be happy for them. Exactly. And I just don't understand, like, the... Like, I'm a competitive person, but I don't understand, like, the oh, you're up and I'm not here. I'm, let me bring you down with my attitude and hate. Like The come up, I, I the come like down, that. and the come around. Yeah. <laughs> but I am happy that she was called out on it, and yeah. I'm happy that the women bonded, and they were speaking about love and businesses, so I, I really loved it. And of course, we got some dancing at the end, you know, so I thought that was really great. These were two <laughs> great episodes, and we only have one more left, ladies, we which do. is crazy. So this has been an exciting ride. But before we end the show, we have, we have some really cool segments. Uh, let's start with the first segment, our F- marry and kill yes. segment if you don't know what the f stands for i don't know why you watch she's got to <laughs> i don't know why you watch she's got to have it because episode 1 pretty much put it out there for us Baby. so ladies this is, we did the season 1 <laughs> season 2 we have some new characters so you can throw in women men whoever okay. if you had to choose f marry or kill so far 8 episodes in season 2 not people from season i mean like not the things that they were doing in season 1 but what they're up to in season two, who would you pick? Who this wants to go first? so hard. <laughs> I have, like, two that I'd marry. <laughs> you, uh, can, you can mix it up. While you ladies think, I'll go. Okay. I, from season two, I would F Gran his girlfriend. <laughs> Factual. Because I feel like they're hot and steamy. And probably F Jamie. Sorry. He's hot. Lyric is hot. <laughs> it's actually not F Jamie. It's F Lyric. So put that in there. Uh, marry. I would marry Mars. And probably marry Winnie. Because <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. Kill. I would probably just kill gentrification. Ooh, the whole... Big things, big things. Oh, fucking gentrification. Sorry. Yes. It has to go. So that's my F, marry, kill for season two. <laughs> my Ladies. F, marry, kill. Okay. F, um... Mars' sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's beautiful. She bad. Um, Mary, it's a tie between Winnie and Mars. I need, like, a Winnie and Mars hybrid in my life. If you out there, hit my DMs. Um, and kill... Damn, the gentrification one was good. Um, I don't want to copy that, but that was you really can. good. Yeah. Let's just get rid of it. Or, what, what's the, the, um... The guy who bought the building. Anton. Danton. Oh, Danton. Danton. Bye. <laughs> Him and his stupid name. Bye, Danton. Uh, Danton. Who names our child? Danton. Oh Sorry. My oh, my God. Sorry. If you do have a child named Danton, it's like, love it. It's, it's beautiful. Like, it's like in Mean Girls when he's like, my nephew, Anthony. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, why not Anthony? If your child's name is Danton, great. We just don't like this Danton. For she's got to have it. Don't come for me if your child's name is Danton. <laughs> Mina? Uh, obviously, F. Greer. 
Um, kill the neighbor. Yeah. And, and marry Opal because my life will have so much structure. Yeah. <laughs> she would be like the perfect wife mother. I feel like you'd yeah. work out with Opal. Yeah. You and, and, Opal. and I like the kid. The yeah. kid I love. I'm I just feel like for the you kid. and Opal would work perfectly because you guys would be so structured and perfect. Yeah. And I can use a little Opal in my life too to be like, girl, get up. And I'm like, I'm okay, good. mom. Uh, <laughs> be my mom. Okay. Um, let's get into our top three favorite moments of both episode seven and episode. So eight, Mina, take it away. All right. There were so many, but we're going to narrow it down to three from both episodes. And uh, obviously, one of them is uh, finding out that Mookie is Mars's dad. And uh, Nakia gave you guys a lesson earlier that this is like Spike Lee tying everything together because Mookie was in Do the Right Thing. And yeah, so you you had that explanation from earlier. Also, uh, Puerto Rico being a huge theme, not just from these two episodes, but from the episodes prior. Um, and you know, as opposed to just showing the devastation, you know, showing like the beauty of the culture, the music, everything Drew mentioned earlier. Um, and then finally, um, for me personally, at least, uh, the moments between Papo and his daughter, because I thought. That was so beautiful, like, you know, from going to being perceived as a bum um, to, like, really getting your life together despite the terrible things that have happened to you and and turning it around and having your daughter come find you. Like, that was so mm-hmm. touching that the daughter would want to reach out and reconnect with her father. And, like, I'm excited to see that. I think the circumstances were so unfortunate, but it's beautiful that... There, there still is like a light at the end of the tunnel for for Papa, and I'm not saying it in the like annoying neighbor like way of like, <laughs> oh, I guess things are looking up. No, no, no like I'm genuinely happy that things are moving in the right direction for yes. him. Beautifully said. Thank you. Mina. <laughs> Come have a drink with me, Papa. Like, girl, I'll <laughs> throw your dog. I won't throw our dog. Literally, I love animals. I feel like I have to break just in case. <laughs> Calling animal, animal control. Animal control. <laughs> <laughs> your dog. Great two episodes, ladies. Thank you for uh, being with me to break it down. We only have one episode left. Episode nine. This is insane. I'm my mind is blown. So because we have one episode left, let's just do quick predictions right. on what we think. The After Buzz TV prediction. Yeah, hard. <laughs> this is hard. Uh, while you ladies think, I'll I'll throw my predictions. We only have one episode left, but I do predict that Nola is going to go on this self love journey because we see at the end where she's bonding with her mom, and her mom's like, "Look, you got to find yourself." And we see her redecorating the bed. Um, area in her house so I think that she's gonna find this self-loving journey and I do hope that this show does get a season three so we just we see a a growing Nola um yeah that's what that's all I'll say because everybody else I'm not sure but I think it's gonna be about Nola last episode at least I would hope so yeah I can see that I I hope it's not just about Nola though because I really like the the subplots and the sub storylines, especially like the kids, like I said, I, I hope we see more. I know. Especially <laughs> like, you know, what's going on with the divorce and like how it's affecting the kids. Cause like, you know, I dealt with that too. I know you mentioned dealing with that too as a kid. Um, yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. So I, I'd like a little more insight into that. And uh, I want to know, like, what happened to the guy in the hospital? Like, <laughs> oh, the Jason Kennedy. I know. He was so I, adorable. I would like to see Jamie get in trouble yeah. for that. Not Winnie, just Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, so, but yes, I would yeah. like to see that. I want to like see more of him. I'm, I'm actually interested in, like, his story and his yeah. character arc. Nice. Yeah. I um I agree with all of those. I really want to see Nola for once be on her own, um, without any 
sort of love interest. Just a, like you said, a real self-love thing, just because that's what I really wanted at the end of last season, but we didn't get it, so I hope it's this season. Yeah, it's very great, ladies. I'm so excited I'm losing my voice, because mm-hmm. we've been talking nonstop about She's Gotta Have a Season 2. Guys, we only have one more episode left, so make sure you guys check us back here Thursday night, because we are going to break down Episode 9. Ladies, before we head out of here, let the fans know where they can find you guys at. You can find me on social media at Mina Makes Magic, and you can catch me every Wednesday for TV pilot reviews where we go over the pilot episodes of new TV shows. Nice. And you guys can catch me on the Society After Show tomorrow night if you like Netflix uh, at 7 p.m. And if not, you can slide into the DMs at All Things Okay Drew J. Yes, you guys can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, everything After Buzz TV. I'm all over the place, but you'll see me back next Thursday. Bye, guys. See you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 